Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life with your host, Linda Lang. Hi, this is Linda Lang from ThoughtChange.com. Once again, we are exploring the mystical side of life. I'm excited to bring Dr. Allison J.K. to you today. We are going to be talking about magic and dragons and alchemy. Welcome, Dr. Allison. Hi, Linda. Hi, everybody. Let's start with magic. We talked a little bit for all you listeners before um, we hit the record button. And um, it's interesting because Linda has much the same definition of magic as I do. And I, I feel like in this window of 2012 to 2032, in the, what's considered humanity's greatest evolutionary leap in what's also called the spiritual awakening times, there's massive aspects of rebalance. There's massive rebalancing going on of almost all aspects of life. And one of them is the material with the spiritual. And I feel like magic wants to be redefined nowadays in being able to recognize in the daily mundane moment to moment life, the infiltration of uh, spirit's presence. So living physically, but completely tuned in metaphysically or multidimensionally. And it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people have the conception that to be going from 3D to 4D to 5D, there is some, like almost like you have to check out, you have to leave your body. And, and for me, what I understand it is it's just you access it by a more expansive consciousness that surround not just your head, but that emanates out from your entire chakra column because you've done the necessary clearings out of all this old and so then you're more able to even activate the field of unlimited possibilities to bring in more of that magic, i.e. less synchronicity, to help you build your business. Meeting somebody who has just the right tool that you were looking for and you hadn't even articulated it out loud yet, that kind of guidance that permeates us when we're open and paying attention, all of that is, is magic. It's not a, a wand in Harry Potter. Exactly. And it's available to every one of us it's meant to be absolutely i love that you brought that idea of embodying our spirituality here on this plane <laughs> exactly it's not about reaching up and being somewhere else to connect with spirit it's about being here and bringing that spirituality and that magic into our everyday lives fully grounded yes so you have written a book about dragons. <laughs> and so perhaps you could define dragons for me. Mm. So from what I know, I have actually, I'm looking at the two books about dragons and um, the latest released one is called The Dragon Master Creatrix. But before that was a book that's also on Audible, Reasonable Dragons. That's subtitled is how to activate the field of possibilities where logical magic is the new normal. And I spent this whole book talking about the path of coming out of everyday 3D living. And I don't use that language in there about working with our mind, levels of consciousness, subconscious, unconscious, and conscious mind. So you mentioned something too in our pre-interview conversation that made me want to bring this forward. One of the phenomena that just astounds me is that our daily life that we're living, only 15% at most of 
our choices we're making with who to talk to, who not to talk to, what to go to, what not to go to, where to shop, what not to shop, are conscious. The rest of what we're living is a result of at least 85% of what's in our unconscious and subconscious. So it's like when you learn to drive, you don't say anymore, put the car in reverse, take foot off gas, put on brake, right? But we did when we learned. So that's now lodged in the subconscious. It's all of the unconscious. But then there's all the traumas, there's all the karmic and past life stuff that gets brought in via our cellular matrix when we reincarnate and then become a fetus again. And all of the conditioning from our societies and then our imprints from our parents and lineage, there's just so much clearing to do in order to free up what I call the back of the house consciousness, that chunk of where we're actually living from. So an example I like to give is if you're a woman, heterosexual, go to a party, single, looking for love, and you're wanting to come out of the bad boy theme of, or pattern with men, and you want to instead have like a good sensitive man in your life. Because of the th unconscious and subconscious experiences and beliefs, your peripheral vision is going to have a hood on it, so to speak, so that you only notice the bad boys. And that sensitive guy could be over there to your right or over there to your left, but your peripheral has blinders on it because of what's running unconsciously and subconsciously, causing you vibrationally to go towards what is familiar. Because the whole egoic mind structure is to help us navigate the physical plane. Like the physical five senses, you know, they have the thresholds on them so we can navigate the physical plane because if our five senses didn't, we'd go nuts with all the actual data that's all around us multidimensionally or metaphysically. So that ego mind structure has the fear of the protection. So it seems like it's fear of the new or the unknown as if in the jungle, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, do I fight or do I fly? Fight or flight, adrenals. There's so much to clear out that is due and ripe now to clear out that accessing magic, I find people are able to do more in the most genuine, authentic meaning of the word magic when it's not spell casting, when you have old beliefs and karma around relationships and you want to have a spell with a candle for romance. Instead, it's get into your consciousness, clear out the old so that you are lighter. Your subtle energy system is all much more on and working on your behalf. And then you're able to perceive the dragons who want to come in and help. You know, Dr. Allison, this is exactly why my business is called Thought Change. Yeah, I noticed that. I can't remember where I read it, but it was something like 90% of the thoughts that we think are the same thing we think every day. 90%. How can we create change unless we change our thoughts or change how we are perceiving what's happening? It's just not going to happen because we have our blinders on to anything else that's there. It's already there in front of us. We just can't see it. Yeah, I, I love that you went up to the 90% because I use 85 as if to be conservative, but I, I typically say it's more like 90%. There's just so much robotic happening. And it's also not even in like what we can observe as our choices, but it's in freeing up more of the consciousness so we can have more conscious awareness to perceive that rainbow or perceive that person over there on the peripheral that we wouldn't have perceived before. It's not just about, I find in the spiritual community nowadays is so much focus on clearing, 
clearing, clearing. I was a psych major, it was my first major. And after three semesters, I was like, they are not answering my question. How can I be the happiest, most thriving version of myself? How can we be that? And so I've gone holistic ever since. But the idea of this mind that has so much more potential, this, once we get beyond the thinking mind, what you said is also interesting to me too, because I talk about how you are only hearing at most 15% of what's in your mind. So all the work with meditation and mindfulness is really key, but so is all of that releasing and activating to bring forward more consciousness to access your unlimited human potential, because that's where I ended up after that psych major was, okay, reaching full human potential. And I've been working with that for decades now. In the times we're in right now, Linda, you know, it's like the spiritual awakening times. It feels to me like there's so much more possible now. And it, it wants in, and it's our job to like do what we have to do in order to clear and, and, and activate and be on in an alignment to perceive it and bring it in to help the whole. Sometimes it's not about clearing. Sometimes it's just about flipping. Sometimes it is about clearing. Sometimes you have to clear before you can flip. But I love that you said that we're only consciously aware of about 15% of our thoughts. And I know for myself personally, I have had experiences where I can feel my unconscious mind chugging through, you know, something new that I've learned, let's say, or some something. It chug, chug, chug. And I don't know what it's thinking, but I know it's thinking. And then the next day I wake up and, you know, all the ducks are lined up. I have a better understanding. I have decided to trust my unconscious mind and make it my best friend. Mm. And I think because we have really good rapport that allows me to create a lot of change for myself, for other people as well. Because there's that level of trust. Yeah. I know that for me, by age, like, I think the latest 20, I was aware that there were three different times I had had intuitive guidance and I hadn't listened to it and stuff became more difficult. And so I learned to trust based on when my ego mind wanted something different and I did it and it led to mayhem. Whereas if I had listened to that guidance, I would have had a much easier, brighter, funner, more fun time rather. So yeah, that trust is, in, is inherent. It's funny, I love how you're saying, you're calling it the unconscious. So that perception you just gave, I relate to when I first came back from the decade in Asia, 2010 to 2012, I did, a, I'm still doing it, but at that time it was intense, up till about like 2015, nightly visits under the stars where I just stood under the stars. Now keep in mind, I was doing a lot of VIP trips to the Mayan ruins with my clients. And I was even one of the people in a, special ceremony at Chichen Itza with the Mayan shaman on December 21st, 2012. And, and I had a radio show actually where Voice America asked me to understand, to talk about and debunk the myth around the December 21st, 2012 alignment. I had been doing nothing in my business at all. I don't know why they approached me, but I said, okay, let me get back to you in 48 hours. And when I perceived the yes all throughout my cellular matrix, <laughs> body and mind, it was all yes. So I did it and I interviewed a bunch of specialists to find out what is this all about. And so to relate to that, some of the visits to the Mayan ruins, particularly in Teotihuacan outside of Mexico City, and then in um, 
Chichen Itza, there's these two different observatories where the astrologers and astronomers, more accurate, the astronomers would have would view and 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 understand. And they have such an advanced understanding of geometry, sacred geometry, right? And astro and astronomy, way beyond even what it seems like we are understanding now. And so I feel like standing under the stars, like I talked about from 2010-ish to about 2015-ish, I was receiving these massive downloads that were not conscious. And some of them I could unravel out of the coded form, the unconsciousness within like uh, an hour or like five minutes. But I remember like one around 2013, I got standing under the stars, Christ is coming off the cross. Christ has come off the cross, excuse me. And I had, I, I just was like that. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and that took about a month to unravel. And so this was integrating out of my unconscious. Christ has come off the cross as I'm working and serving people and, and, and I'm talking about the times we're in being humanity's greatest evolutionary leap. And it came to me within a month's time, I could, I could feel like the, the work that was happening at the unconscious level. Um, and eventually it came out as like, as we step into becoming empowered co-creators, vertically aligned, there is no longer the room for victim mentality. There is no longer somebody else that you can throw your responsibility for your own choices and your own self-management onto. There is an element of responsibility in self-management that each of us, it, should we engage in it and then excel at it, can really have the capacities to manifest as if by magic in this time of co-creation and create a better world, which is what we're in the process of doing. And you just gave us a perfect example of magic. I'm naturally blessed and I have learned how, as you've heard me talk a little bit about yield to it, surrender to this and cultivate it. So the decade in Asia was a lot about cultivating it. And so in learning how to allow it to do all that it wants to do while I'm here making choices to, based on the, the guidance, I'm in my body saying yes to things and allowing it to unravel without having to know consciously the plan, like moving across the planet. I, I what? Okay. And I went, you know, it, it, and so the guidance, you talked about trusting the guidance and um, I've been talking for years about intuitive development as a way to articulate some of, of what's going on nowadays and help people as they awakened. And it feels like it, it's not advanced enough nowadays Yet in intuitive development, one of the biggest sticking points is, is this just me or my imagination or is my mind making it up or am I making this up? And then the second biggest hurdle that I see is I hear the guidance. I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Until after the fact when you're like, oh, I should have listened. Yeah. Like I experienced like in my late teens that made me go, okay, I gotcha. I'm on board for this. Because it's so fast and so subtle sometimes, unless, you know, sometimes I have had some intuitions or guidance come in that was very much like, you know, a brick wall right here. 
but typically it's very subtle and it takes a little practice to catch it and make your choice from that place. How would you suggest to get into that place where it is just flow? There's so much to say in response to what you just asked, but the bottom line is the clearing and the activating of the subtle energy system via the chakras, as well as, so the vibration upgrade system that I developed is a combination of energy medicine with the kind of applied mindfulness. It's not the mindfulness of, oh, look at me, I'm eating an apple mindfully, and you're present for it. I don't mean that, but I consider it more of an initial understanding of my, an application of mindfulness. I mean, for permanent behavioral change, when you have cleared out, let's say, um, so if the chakra is the intersection of the mind, the body, and the spirit, which it is, and it's a wheel, that's why I did the turning motion, and I'm able to access past lives and karma and past life contracts through the spirit component of the mind, body, and spirit that the chakra is the intersection of, and you have in a past life spoken truth to power, or you've been a seer, or you've been um, some kind of um, medicine woman, magical witch healer and you got hung for it or you got put on in flames for it what i see me clearing a lot of the time is not people afraid of uh, afraid um and really in their struggle wanting out of the struggle what's on the other side of that is a fear of their power and that comes from other lifetimes right where they're where they've expressed a form of their power and they've got a lot of that's coming up now to clear as we move forward into this new era. And so the consciousness that needs clearing in order for us to be able to be in that flow, it's multi-layered. It's, it's not just listening to a YouTube video for five minutes or crystal bowl singing for my throat chakra. I got hung in another life that reader said, or that psychic reader said, or that tarot reader said. So let me listen to the YouTube video in, of the fifth for the fifth chakra crystal bowl. It's getting it out of the cellular matrix where it's buried. Or if you were sexually abused growing up, it's going into the sacral chakra and the root and, and the effects on speaking up and the effects on I, it's safe for me to open. It's safe for me to receive. I'm open and receptive to money, to love, to life, to support, to guidance. There's so many components within consciousness in the levels of consciousness and our subtle energy system that once they're all on board or increasingly on board, it's not like a epiphany and you get there. Um, you can, you feel more and more of it increasingly, but you do get there as I explained that I am. So that's how I, it's the vibration upgrade system. It's a combination of the energy medicine and applied mindfulness. So if you've cleared the belief of I'm going to get screwed, man, if I really step into my power, or I'm going to get shut down, or there's hurt that's going to happen, and that gets cleared, then you're going to be needing the ability to work with the momentum, the mind, the ego mind still has. Like, you know, remember those wind-up teeth or jaws that would walk on a counter? It's like the mind's like that with an old momentum. So as I've unwound a family of entangled beliefs, and each of us are born with like one or two of them, and it's our soul's dharma to move beyond them. So there's a whole family of entangled beliefs around one or two of these foundational aspects of our behavior that we're as a soul meant to evolve beyond, to come out of the old behavior, dealing with the mental momentum 
even though this is mind-body connection has been cut, it's been cleared at the subtle energy system level, at the bodily level where it's shoved down, there is this applied mindfulness that's needed to work with the mind as the continuing. So it's, it's not with a trigger anymore. It's just a mechanism of the mind in old momentum. So applying that key mindfulness at that point to redirect and create new neurological pathways that allow the space and create the space for the new behavior to come in is necessary to get behavioral change. And in that neurological patterning, you're allowing the new configuration is allowing for more of the new and, uh, uh, and, and accepting more of the new. And in that opening, it's doing great things for your brain to be more whole brain focused where you can receive more intuitive guidance and become more in the flow. There's steps to the whole thing. And it is absolutely like magic when that happens, when all of a sudden you have a different reaction or you change a way of thinking, a, a way of being, it's magical. Just before we close out today, I'd like to finish off with a question I asked you about dragons. When you refer to dragons, are you referring to spiritual beings or the mystical perception of what a dragon is to many people or is it something else? So there's a lot of hype about dragons. The hype with the movies around where dragons are supporting humanity and helpers and companions, like the Merlin show, to a degree, are what I mean. And like once I train my students in understanding the energy flows of a human system, I then train them as a, a dragon master. So now they've understood how to work in themselves and clear themselves. Then they're taught how to do so for others. And then it becomes about the land. But I take them to specific spots and teach them how to work with the dragons because the original ley lines name in Chinese were called dragon lines. So there is this element of dragon work, so to speak, that really wants to transmute density for the earth and open up lines for light to travel more on and to help humanity do that. And so it seems to me like I, 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 I'm, I have a bit of awareness and resistance even to saying once you're at a certain level, you can access the dragons they want to work with you because we don't want levels. But the reality is, is there is there's initiations along the way and the accessing of them come, becomes like I've seen them start to stalk my masterminders when they're gearing up towards the dragon master level they'll start having dreams with the dragons in it like it's this incredibly undeniable presence once you have the experience and we don't want to make it up we want to be open to it and allow them to support us and allow us to help ourselves and humanity and the earth and so the dragons are a companion to do that with if there's any malicious intentions you can't even access them so i don't know that they're flying around. I don't know that they're not. I just can't see them yet. I can perceive them clairsentiently. For some people, a dragon is a negative thought that haunts them, haunts them. So I just wanted to clarify that. And just before we wrap up, Dr. Allison, do you have one quick tip that you could leave the listeners with that they could start to invite more magic or play with their own mindset to start the ball rolling yeah when you find yourself spacing out not in your body 
or when you find yourself going down the same old train of thought, have some mechanism for a redirect. Whether you have a horn like that or you touch your elbow or you touch your nose or you click your heels, it's something physical to call you back to the present so that you don't, you have more capacity to be present and work with your presence. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Allison. If anyone would like to reach you, how could they find out more about you? So people can reach me at vibrationalupgrade.com. That's my website. My books are all on Amazon. Reasonable Dragons is on audible.com. Thank you so much. Namaste. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. You will find all of our conversations on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and your favorite podcast platform. Come and visit me at thoughtchange.com. Pick up your copy of Learning to Listen. And if you want to bring some magic into your life, check out my program, Alchemy from the Inside Out. That's it for this week. Bye for now.